Welcome to a special bonus episode of Cinemaholics. I'm John Negroni. He is Will Ashton. Hey, Will. Hey. I'm sorry I'm not happier, Will. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit heart sick. Why is that? Well, you know, Valentine's Day just passed, and yeah, it was romantic yeah. and everything. Sure. But I'm just sad because I love this season of movies where we get to watch romantic oh. comedies, and it's over. It's okay, already, I was, it's already done. I was worried something in your personal life has happened. I was, I was no personal life, no complaints. Oh, Everything's great, right, and perfect. That's, good. that's that's great. Okay, that's good. Well, there is one problem with my personal life. What's that? No more romantic comedies. They're all over. The next few movies we're talking about are just like super fun blockbusters and Channing Tatum's first directorial debut, which we'll probably have fun making fun of. But are you seeing that? Nothing romantic. What? Are you going to see Dog? I think so. I think I have to. I don't think I'm going to watch that Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing. Oh, we got to watch that. I heard it is terrible. I'm very excited to watch that. Yeah, we're we're assuming there is a cryptic tweet from a friend of the show, Val Complex, and the the leading theory between you and me, I think, is that she's talking about that movie, the sequel yeah, well, to the I, last one. Uh, the word on the street is that that movie had terrible test screenings and a very uh, tumultuous production project uh, production process. So, I mean, you know, I, the the safe money is that she is talking cryptically about texas chainsaw massacre we'll find out because we didn't ask it well hey wait 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 wait. okay there's another netflix thing now okay kanye west are we gonna talk sure. about genius probably but there are two other installments to come out we've yeah, only we gotta watch one. that well are you gonna watch but, it though like if i course. watch it should i be gearing up like it's gonna hit the cinemaholics feed i mean you could do whatever you want john it's your life but i'm watching the next two installments <laughs> <laughs> nothing's gonna stop you making it sound like i'm gonna stop you it's like i mean no will we're gonna cancel kanye west because that's worked before sure but uh, he, he's yeah. uncancelable that's for sure i don't know why, where we're on this trend when we were supposed we we're supposed to be talking about the film marry me which i'm stars... heart sick i'm changing the subject because i don't want my heart to get broken again jennifer lopez and Talk about marry me. we're talking about marry me and i want you back okay yeah we're, yeah, we're talking about that one as well very suggestive titles for these two movies. Okay, we're starting with Marry Me. I, if you had told me, like, we're looking at, like, a, a feature film slate, and you're like, okay, one of these movies is based on a graphic novel. I'm pretty yeah, sure the exact this. last one I would put on my, like, list of likelihood would be Marry Me. But there is a graphic novel called Marry Me by Bobby Crosby. I got to look this up because I just want to see what the cover looks like. I'm sure I'm assuming I just... you read it. No, I have not. I was just going to joke though, that we are talking yet again about another comic book movie and then mention yeah, no. be Marry Me. Yeah, but oh, did I ruin your joke? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. This looks absolutely different. This is so not... It looks fun. I'm not going to okay. lie to you. It, it looks like a... Well, that would be different. A teen kind of YA sort of graphic novel. And oh. it's like super... Like she's a superstar, but she looks like it's like the year 2050 or something. Oh. I want to read this. Well... That would make more sense. The characters were in their twenties for what the plot is. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's true. You know, it's well. I was confused I, I when also, I was watching this movie. Somebody had to correct me because I thought that the movie was saying that Jennifer Lopez is supposed to be thirty-five. Because there's a comment in the movie where somebody is like, "North of thirty-five is what you are," and apparently somebody was like, "No, no, no, just that she's older than thirty-five. That doesn't mean that she's like yeah. around thirty-five." Which I was just like, I guess, "This movie wants me to believe she's in her mid-thirties." Okay. I mean, grammatically, I guess that's correct, but I think they are kind of fudging the details there. But I mean, uh, Jennifer Lopez, I, I think it's been said before, it looks amazing at 50. 
So, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Age is a number um, when it comes to Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. I'm not ageist. I'm I'm cool with I'm cool with her and Owen Wilson having their, you know, vicarious, you know, romantic comedy. She's fifty two. I mean Oh, 52. Well, I mean, you know, only the better, I guess. You know, she looks yeah. great. Good for I mean, her. You know, I, I love Owen the idea Wilson, that... not so much. Can I say that? You don't think Owen Wilson look, doesn't look He's very 53, good? He's 53, which, you know, I like that too. I like that they're actually around the same age. It's like, usually yeah. when you get past like a certain age for these romantic things, like the, the couples are like totally different in terms mm-hmm. of that sort of thing, especially if well, it's like Tom Cruise or something. I mean, there is quite of uh, an age difference between Jennifer Lopez and the other love interest in this film. Yeah, Maluma. Yeah. Which, hey, no no disrespect on that. I thought that was, you know, get it, girl. I mean, up. I guess it's technically more progressive that it's an older woman and a younger man than a younger woman mm-hmm. and an older man. But I mean, you know, sure. in any case, that's what I'm saying. Uh, he's he's only 28. Yeah. He uh, he's worked oh, he's with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's worked age? with a, um, my my cousin. Ricky Martin. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's worked with Ricky. And, I'm so excited uh, to talk about Ricky Martin when you come on A Ogre to its Ogre and talk about <laughs> Shrek 2. Oh, yeah. Is that what's going to happen? You know, I've never, even though we're related, I've never met him. Really? Um, I didn't okay. know if you did or not. I was, that was one of my questions. I have a bunch of them for that no. episode, but that's coming at a later day. Maybe someday I'll meet him. I don't know. But, uh, okay. So, Marry Me is about a superstar named, what's her name? Cat Valdez? Yeah, she's uh, she's like a Latina pop star, right? She she's essentially just like Jennifer Lopez. She's supposed to be. It's like a heightened version of J Lo, where she's even more famous than she is right now. Like she's pretty she famous, but this movie's saying like, what if she be? was Beyonce famous? Yeah, it kind of felt like Britney Spears circa like two thousand five level famous. Like before I wouldn't the say meltdown. Britney Spears. I I'd say Beyonce. That's fair. Yeah, right? Beyonce. Yeah, I don't know. I just like they kept talking about all of her marriages and all that stuff. And I feel like that wasn't really an issue with Beyonce. OK, yeah, there's a little bit of that, I guess. But I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like the age, too, and the fact that like marrying another pop star, like, you know, with Jay-Z. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I, think I get what you mean. Yeah. I mean, it's an amalgamation. There, there are plenty of other artists you could throw in there. Is like, I mean, OK, there are you be. are you saying Kevin Fairline wasn't a major pop sensation in his own right? <laughs> OK, so this was directed by Kat Quaro. Uh, who is working on, I think, a uh, she girl, oh, she Hulk, excuse me. And uh, th- this is uh, her big thing, her big like movie. I don't know if she's done any other movies. She uh, did she's like a TV director. Life Happens with uh, happens. Kristen Ritter, I, if I recall correctly. I didn't, I didn't see that movie. I like Kristen Ritter, though. They wrote it together and she starred in it. And the that must have been was that a while ago though was that like that was like ten years ago yes okay yeah that makes sense um, I'm bringing up her filmography right now and oh yeah she did a movie with Kate Bosworth there we go 2012 and then yeah this is oh yeah and then she did a movie called A Case of You in 2013 so this is her first movie in almost a decade because that was 2013 as uh, she's been doing wow. a lot of TV since then wow yeah yeah oh wow yeah a lot of shows that i have not seen i mean there's some like shameless modern family stuff like that okay we know what that dead to famous. me yeah yeah yeah. those are famous shows i haven't yeah, watched brooklyn 99 she's just done so many i'm seeing some that i don't recognize as much oh, like wow, kids okay. are all right not the movie but you know single parents i don't know what that is girls five ever i've, I've heard of girls five ever never seen it oh though. that's the that uh, peacock show the, yeah i was gonna say that's another peacock uh show which is how i watched the film i watched the film on peacock yeah this is on peacock you. 
Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be on Peacock. And I, I, I had some friends, I had some family who were just like, yeah, I want to watch marry me. And they were like, and I had the screener. Right. And I was like, Oh, you know, maybe you can watch it with me with the screener. But then literally like that day I was like, wait, it's going to be on Peacock. <laughs> so you can oh, just, man. you know, if you wanted to wait, you could just do that. Um, I don't know so if that's, you're, that's pretty easy. I don't know if you're allowed to share screeners, John. I think you're just getting yourself well, in I trouble sh- on the I air. I can here. watch it myself, sure. right? And if they happen to be there too, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. There are no yeah. rules that say you can't have other people watch it with you. It's like having a guest yeah. at the screening. Or uh, trying to, having... Trying to get me in trouble. Some dance moves at a math competition. Some dance moves at a math competition. That's oh, related to this... Me ding gang movie we're talking about i'm trying to bring i keep trying to bring this conversation back to marry me and you keep changing it to uh, i think it has every i think i think we've been on marry me the entire time but okay so this movie also stars owen wilson as a uh, as you kind of alluded there he's a bit he's a math teacher divorced he has a precocious young daughter played by chloe coleman chloe coleman we've seen we've seen her in some other stuff like that uh my spy my spy right with uh what's his face dave batista dave batista yeah, yeah. She, she's been in some other stuff, too. I once feared that would be the last movie I saw in theaters. How about that? <laughs> I would never right, right. That. I think I just watched it uh, at home like most people. But uh, yeah, so the setup for this movie is that as a pop star, Jennifer Lopez's character, Kat Valdez, has a big concert coming up where she is actually going to get married to the like other pop her jay-z right played by maluma his name is i think bastion and the two of them are like a power couple they made this song together called marry me marry me say yes i'm not going to sing it because you know the listeners have suffered enough and they are going to like get married like on stage and everything but then something happens where all that falls apart and she's like well i'm not gonna marry this guy and she's feeling heartbroken. She's having a bit of an episode. She looks out into the crowd. Owen Wilson is there and he's holding up a sign that says, marry me. The Sarah Silverman, his friend that he works with from the school, had handed to him. And he just happens to be holding it. He doesn't even know who Cat Valdez is really. He's just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like super schlubby. And then he's just holding a sign that says, marry me. And she's like, I'll marry you. And then he sort of just goes with it. And that's kind of where this movie starts, <laughs> where she kind of marries him kind of as a joke, I guess, or kind of as like a making a statement or something or just doing something kind of wild sure. and out there. Why not? And from there it's, it becomes like a PR stunt that he gets roped into and he, yeah. the, the two of them have to kind of navigate that. I mean, that's, that's look, marry me. I've heard some people say that, Oh, this premise is preposterous. You know, how am I supposed to believe this premise? Is and it? I feel like this premise is no more ridiculous than any comic book movie that's come out in the past five years. So, you yeah, know, and look, it's, I, yeah, and it's strange, a comic book movie itself. Real so life not? is weird. You know, like, can't we accept that sometimes weird stuff does happen in real life? Sometimes people throw audibles, you know, in order to be like that. That actually clicked with me. The idea of like trying to become famous or trying to like do something to get attention, trying to, you know, like I could see this happening. It's super ridiculous. But like, come on, we don't have to split sure. hairs. Why not? Yeah. This movie's doing pretty well. People really like it. A lot of people are watching it on Peacock. Uh, sure. Box office wise, it's doing pretty well too. It's made twenty million so far in a week, and it's more than that, you know though. a low budget film. Yeah, I mean the fact that it's also on Peacock. I mean, people will do anything not to download Peacock. That's for sure. Yes, but, that's uh, <laughs> that's been a big takeaway because didn't Halloween Kills also do well even when that was on Peacock? Yeah, it did. But you yeah. know the funny thing is Peacock uh, has some good stuff on it. Now I, the best thing that I've watched on Peacock, uh, not Bel Air. 
Bel Air is pretty addicting uh, as a show. I've I've enjoyed the first three episodes, but Saved by the Bell, like legitimately great show on Peacock. That that would be the reason I would tell people to get Peacock is for Saved by the Bell, not for anything else. Honestly, you but, are honestly the only person I know who watched this show, this new Saved that's, by the Bell, and that's wild to me because uh, as the listeners know, we have totally different Twitter timelines, and there's sure. a Saved by the Bell hive that I'm a proud member of on uh, my Twitter. Not disputing the show, I just literally I don't know a single other person who has watched this show besides you, but I know you're very fond of it. Whereas I have I have like a legion of friends and we're we're sharing screenshots when the when the second season dropped. We're hitting each other's DMs being like, I can't believe that joke was made, how bold and progressive. It's great stuff. But anyway, so the movie also stars John Bradley, who we just saw in Moonfall. Remember that movie? When the moon fell? Yeah, I mean it I when we saw that film. I was mm. like, okay, he's kind of playing against type by being a comedic supporting character, verging yeah, yeah. on comedic main character in that film. And I was like, yeah, that's you know, kind of a nice change of pace for him. And now he's playing another supporting comedic character. Not to be like, is this just like a career reinvention for this dude? <laughs> like, is he just trying? He's going for it. You know I what? mean, I'm yeah. going to make a reference here that I don't think you're going to really fully appreciate because you sure. don't watch this show. This is like a Ted Lasso like tone. I guess I mean, I've seen because there's barely any conflict. Sure. Barely. Like even the villain in this movie, Bastion, he's not even that bad. <laughs> it's like Ted Lasso where like even the worst people are just sort of like a nuisance, I guess, like barely. But everybody's just kind of like nice and understanding and they talk about their problems and they stuff in this. I, I will give Mary me this like it. It does the predictable stuff you expect, but it does it earlier than you expect. And then it just kind of like spins out into doing, you know, you know, a couple of different other plot turns. And I kind of like this movie. Yeah, I guess that might explain why I'm kind of lukewarm on it, because I just didn't really connect to this film at all. But on paper, I respect that it exists. As we mentioned, I admire the fact that it, there is another star vehicle romantic comedy starring two actors who, as we mentioned, are in their early 50s and they don't even make a big point about that. It's not like they're like supposed to be over the hill or anything and they're just in a mature, albeit unusual relationship together and they just learn to enjoy each other's company. And I also appreciate that this movie uh, similar to I Want You Back is kind of trying to spin the wheel on the romantic comedy formula and that like it's doing like uh, an opposite where the what would be traditionally the climax of the romantic comedy like this big grand wedding is actually the inciting incident and then we watch the characters fall in love with each other that's kind of a clever idea for romantic comedy but otherwise it's just kind of sticking to the formula outside of like you said having some like major conflict or major adversity that's pushing it back but even when there is that type of character he's sort of just passive about it in a way that's meant to be like yeah it's not a big deal it's you know like I, I'm kind of bummed I didn't get married to this woman, but I'm a super successful pop star yeah, in my he's own like, right. I'm good. Yeah, it's fine. So I, mean, I guess that's kind of chill. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can see why people are finding this very pleasant or very uh, enjoyable because it yeah, it's is late back. Such, it's chill. Yeah, you know, it's it's just it's relying on the star powers of two actors that people I think generally like. And I don't dislike them. I think they're fine. I think they're actually pretty charming together. They're reuniting together. I think they previously starred in Anaconda, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's a reunion of sorts. or whatever it was. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so it's a reunion of sorts, and that's you know kind of nice in its own right. But I feel and, like and J Lo, she used the queen of like the rom coms, okay, like Wedding Planner, Made in Manhattan. It's nice to see her kind of back in that zone. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen either of those films to be honest. But oh, you I, should. They're good. I mean, they're not really your thing, I guess. But you know, um, Peacock almost put on Wedding Planner for me after this film, and I was like, no, 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 I have Abort. to record this podcast. <laughs> oh with yeah, John that's Negroni. why. That's why. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think this is the sort of thing where I'm glad it exists. I'm, I would take another movie like this. I just kind of wish it was something more. But I also recognize that I'm not really the target audience for it at the same time. That's right. That's right. You're not the target audience. I mean, I'm not really the target audience either. Um, I know I kind of joked earlier that like I love rom-coms. I, I get into them. But this kind of rom-com is not my favorite. This kind of rom-com, though, well, that's, I, I, still have, yeah. I can still have some fun with. Right. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, I love romantic comedies. I love like screwball comedies in particular, but I feel like this is the mm-hmm. type of one where it's just like, like you mentioned, it's not really like there's a lot driving the plot and it feels generally kind of flat. Very little me. conflict. Yeah. You're just kind of watching stuff happen. And it, that's the thing. I was like, I would take that over contrived conflict, right? Like if you're not going to break the formula, that's fine. Like if you're just going to kind of give this like audience exactly what they want, then sure. I think this movie is certainly functional in that way because it's just going to be charming with the performances, with the hijinks and everything like that. They don't have to like be extra just to try to like prove itself or anything. That's what I liked about it. It wasn't, it wasn't trying to prove itself. There is only one flaw with this movie that is kind of unforgivable. It's this movie. Long. No, it's not too long. I mean, it's I, a little that's my long. Thing, but is that if it's going to be a conflict adverse rom-com why not just make it 95 minutes long why is it have yeah to be two yeah hours? it does overstay its welcome a little bit but it's not quite two hours though so that you know i wasn't i wasn't hurting but no here here's the actual issue with this movie that i have this movie forced me to believe that even in the cinematic alternate multiverse there is a cinematic universe where jimmy fallon is the only late night show host and um, i will never forgive this movie for putting my head in that kind of you know state and having to now i have to just know that so fair yeah i mean i'm assuming that's because this is a universal film and it's you know nbc and all that um normally i don't say uh normally i don't funny otherwise uh normally i don't read my letterbox write-ups on the air but that does relate to this one so i wrote having jimmy fallon Having Jimmy Fallon make lib, incessant jokes about your life is a portal of hell that no person wishes to endure. And this brave new universal horror movie is brave. Uh, sorry, this bold new universal horror movie is brave enough to depict it. So that's honestly, though, it's great for these characters just because like, OK, if the worst you have to contend with is Jimmy Fallon's team of joke writers, you should be good. You don't even need like a PR team. At that I mean, point. His jokes are pretty softball, to be fair, but I mean... Yeah, I know. He's barely just like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to marry the whoever. And I'm just like, all right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, he's he's just not good at it. He's just not he's... good at being mean or nice yeah. or anything, really. Um, okay. Jimmy Fallon, uh, character assassination aside. Yeah. Yeah, it, sound, like it sounds like... It sounds like we don't really disagree on, like, the merits of this movie or anything. We just had, like, a different sort of, like, acceptance of it. Is that fair to say? Uh, it's the type of thing where I don't think it's a very good film, but I'm not mad at anyone for enjoying it. Like it's it's fairly harmless in what it, it is and what it's, it's trying cute. to do. That's so and cute. I would rather see more movies like this, the return of movies like this, as opposed to, you know, this onslaught of 150 plus million dollar 
blockbusters where they feel so listless and they have no creative energy or drive to them. And I feel like if we can get more movies like this as opposed to those, I'd be fine with more Marry Me's. But I don't at the same time think that this movie really is any good at all. And I didn't have fun watching it, so I can't recommend it. Can't recommend it. That's sad. I mean, look, we could easily break this thing apart, right? There are so many things in here that I'm just, especially like now that the film's kind of coming back to me, uh, for example, okay, uh, Sarah Silverman, not funny in this at at all. Like, I I don't think there was a single joke from her and she's a funny person. So I was kind of, every time she was doing something, I was very uninterested in her. She's very much playing a part, which is the funny best friend, the funny gay best friend character. You know, we can't ever escape that archetype in romantic comedy. She is just there to fill that 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 part. But yeah, I found her part. Actually, no, there was one moment she does kind of have where she's uh, when she first meets Kat Valdez. That I actually did find that kind of amusing. Not not chuckle worthy, but close. Like there was a little bit of something there, at least. Um the only thing that I chuckled out with her was that there's a moment where she's protecting Owen Wilson from some salacious news and she has a point of contact with the other gay best friend character. And I, that, that was kind of chuckle worthy for me. But otherwise, that nothing with her character really did much of anything for me at all. There, there were definitely moments in this movie where I don't know. I, I, I know I said earlier that I, I think that uh, it's unfair to criticize this movie's plausibility. But there were some things where I was kind of like, what once once things kind of changed, like it, it was missing some things as long as it is of like at one point they they transitioned from you know one stage of their friendship to another. And there was no sort of reckoning around it really. Like everybody just sort of like knows. Like they never have any sort of like, whoa, like this is changed or anything like there was no there wasn't a very graceful transition there which i thought was weird and no i agree um and then of course i think that like as i said before there's not a lot of conflict so they really had to contrive the like the stuff that happens in the third act like it was hard to believe you know that these characters were going to do that i don't know though because like the groundwork was kind of there like one of one of the things about this movie if you really can add some, you know, analysis to it, it's, it's essentially saying it's like two people who are super, super different. And, you know, what at one point is it balanced? And it's like a complimenting thing because he's social media averse. She's extremely not social media averse. And they're kind of like challenging each other to sort of like complete each other or to sort of like be more like them. And I don't know, there, there was something about that in this movie where I thought it was a little bit too easy. Like I didn't like characters like this. Do they really connect that? E- like, I just feel like they're so yeah. different. Well, it's like, I don't know. Like I, they, mm-hmm. they could have done more to like show their similarities, at least stuff they had in common. I mean, for me, I think one of the biggest issues I had with the film is that Owen Wilson's character, I, th- I think is just ultimately too passive for the film's own good. Like he just really takes no conflict with anything at all ever uh outside of people not caring about math club that's literally the only thing he ever takes issue with in this whole and that's movie. why Bas- that's why the bastion character is not even a villain because he knows he doesn't have to right. do it. he's like oh this guy's so passive right. I don't even he just said oh i guess i'm getting married on television that's kind of odd i wasn't expecting this when i went to a concert with my daughter i'm sorry will it- your owen wilson impression it's it's it, uh, <laughs> it's not good I thought it, was it okay. just sounds like I don't know. You're making it sound like he's uh, like an incel. Like, I don't know. 
And so, I mean, I thought he's more, he just, he's just a regular guy. He's just talking. To nah, you. He's got I a just, little bit more of like a, a country, you know, he's got a little, I, he's, I, I, he's a got little, little exasperated, in you know, I, He's got a little Texas in him, but that's okay. You know, he's just having fun. He just did a movie. It's a big. It's a big deal. I think. I think. Uh, I think we need. We both need a little bit more practice. <laughs> I'm fine with working on my own Wilson impression on this podcast. Yeah, I. I don't know. I, I think in terms of like the relationship dynamics, uh, not that impressive. But I mean, you know, they don't have to be for this kind of movie. People aren't going into this relationship advice. That's for sure. Sure. I mean, I'd be a little alarmed if anyone went into this for relationship advice. But uh, Owen Wilson does have a fairly amusing anecdote about the origins of marriage, which is not what I expected. And that, that kind of took me aback during yeah, the press conference that was, scene. That was a take. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, women used to be like sold. He's like saying also, this. Like, <laughs> it also was a weird man because it's like Owen Wilson's character is fairly like laissez-faire about most things. And then he had like a weirdly very cynical take on marriage out of nowhere yeah, yeah. on live television. It's just like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I get too real with you guys on television? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's that's Marry Me. I think I think that's a pretty it's a pretty straightforward movie. What you see, what you get. You know what the deal is. You've probably already seen it. Our take isn't that interesting, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm just happy people are getting something out of it. And, uh, you know, it is it does kind of feel like a relic of 2019 as far as like being one of the last late 2019 movies that was filmed before the pandemic. And it just feels very much like that, that energy of 2019 radiated throughout the film. And I think people are gravitating towards that as well. But maybe that's me reading into it too much. I don't know. Yeah, it is weird that they waited so long, too, because I don't know. This this maybe, to me feels destined for streaming. I don't know. Did they have to do some reshoots? I didn't quite know what the production process was like. I don't like think for so. Okay. No, I think they. I think they wrapped up shooting, like you said, twenty nineteen, and then yeah, as far as I understand, they didn't have to reshoot anything. But sure, who knows? Uh, there could be like something on the sly. But I know it was supposed to. It was originally supposed to come out tw- uh, last February. So okay. I think that it, it was. They, I don't think they finished it in time to do it for Valentine's Day twenty twenty. Anyway, obviously, mm-hmm. and right. then. They were going to do it. I guess I, I guess they did just sort of look at it I think, like, well, if we wait till next February, vaccines and then speeders, right. probably smart. Hey, kind. I mean, that was my thinking, at least. Yeah, because it didn't feel like they were like in a rush to release it. But they were like, if they're going to release it in theaters, they want an audience to see it. They want couples yeah. to come together to see it. Well, and also it's a J-Lo movie, right? I feel right. like they had and a lot she, more faith in it for that. I mean, we we kind of downplayed this, I guess, but this really is like an extended J-Lo like music video movie yes. because there are so many song numbers in this. It's almost a musical, honestly. It right? is. Because uh, they don't just yeah. they don't just do clips of songs. They do the entire song. They do some songs twice. Right. Which pads out the film, I think, because uh, mm-hmm. there's really not that much plot otherwise. And I think that's what pushes it closer to two hours. But also, I feel like this is a, an ad, I guess, for her social media feed. I don't know how often it's an ad she for is her a, in general, uh, <laughs> for her career. Uh, yeah, but Which, I fine. I mean, I don't need an ad. I already know JLo's got it. Yeah. So are we supposed to believe that that's A-Rod then? Um, or no, Ben Affleck. I was going to say Ben Affleck. No, I, I know there was some chatter of like how people kind of wish Ben Affleck had been the star of this I would uh, actually, instead of Owen Wilson. Uh, you know what? I mean, I'd probably be more taken by it, but I do really enjoy Owen Wilson's screen presence. I kind of just like that he's a dude that stars in movies sometimes, even ones like Bliss <laughs> that aren't very that good. stars in movies sometimes. You never yeah. saw Loki, right? No, he's in that, right? 
Yeah, he's one of the main characters. And he Yeah, he's he, like the lawyer for Loki or whatever. Not a lawyer, no. Oh, he's like a what? time detective kind of bureaucrat guy. And yeah, I think Loki, you gotta you gotta be careful with them. You've done some bad things. It's okay. You should though. watch it. If you are willing to watch Marry Me starring Owen Wilson, you should watch Loki only because I think that of the Marvel stuff. I do think marry me. It's a, I do it's think a short, he's a very interesting character in that. There's interesting it's a stuff in movie. there. It's two hours. That's Loki's a whole thing. You gotta realize that's a whole afternoon. I don't. You've have watched so many things, Will, that have, take, have wasted your time. I feel like you could take a risk with a single Disney Plus Marvel show. Marvel, they just do much baggage. I just like a nice, calm movie where people talk. About how are you gonna prepare for? Okay, so how are you going to prepare for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Because you kind of have to have watched WandaVision, it appears. I didn't watch the trailer, the but answer, that's my understanding. The answer is I just don't care. I'm just going to watch <laughs> You're not Doctor even going to read Strange the Wikipedia. Too. You're not going to read the synopsis or like what happened in WandaVision? If, if that happens, it happens. It's okay. You don't have to worry too much. It's All right. Well, you people people are going to be frustrated with you but i'll i'll have and that, that was that wasn't me that was owen wilson talking he was explaining why he's not going to watch <laughs> sorry will normally i would lean into that but the impression is not once you get the impression there then i will fully <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna commit to it whether you like it or not it's okay you don't have to be upset you just sound like a character in like a Steven Spielberg movie who like believes in conspiracy theories. That's what that's what's hitting me right now. I, that was um, not the vibe I was going for, but that's alarming to know. <laughs> you can you can imagine my uh, me feeling so out of place. Okay, let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game for "Marry Me." Okay, so I uh, I uh, this is a bad news. I got to do it my own Wilson. I, Peacock does this thing where they tell you the the Rotten Tomatoes and the score for the audience and for the critics. I I didn't mean to know it beforehand, but I got spoiled kind of. So I'm you sorry. know it? Do you know it exactly? It's fifty nine percent for critics, and then it's ninety two percent for audiences. Both are wrong. Oh, really? Did they go? Yeah. Up? When did you like see it's, that? It's changed. That was this morning. That's what they put it on the thing this morning. It's literally, I'm looking at it right now, and it's not that anymore. It changed. Oh, man. Okay, wait. So now I got to go. You spoke uh, too soon. Oh, boy. Even even when you accidentally cheated, you got it wrong. <laughs> I didn't. See, yeah. I you did, you, I didn't you have better luck when you just guess. I said uh, Yeah. Um, so, okay, if I had to guess, then um, is it 62% for critics? No, it's not that far. You're not that okay. far or anything. It's 57 now. Oh, it's down. I thought it might have gone up. It's down a little bit. Mm. And uh, the audience score is 93% now instead of 92. Mm. So, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I haven't really looked. Yeah, 98 fresh, rotten, 73. So critics are Mm. split on Marry Me. I guess we were kind of split a little bit, but I don't know. Sure. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking up the, uh, the cinema score. I don't know if there is a cinema score. Let's find out. There is. What do you think it is? Uh, B plus. B plus. There you go. Yeah. See, you don't you don't need to watch the commercials that tell you. You just you just know that was a uh, commercial. That was just when I hit pause on "Marry Me." It said oh. critics fifty nine percent, audience is ninety two percent. Yeah, it must I didn't be even old. Yeah, they probably don't update it. False advertising. All right. What do you think the letterbox is? We have seventeen thousand watches uh 31 or sorry 3.1 i mean we had 31 out of five <laughs> sorry i meant 3.1 out of five yeah 3.1 uh 2.9 so 
you're starting to figure out the letterboxed average though i think we're getting there we're getting there with you um okay so that's marry me it is now available to watch on peacock you can also check it out in theaters it's 112 minutes long wow let's talk let's talk about oh wow okay sorry that was, that was my last Owen oh, wilson for the day your sorry. last gasp <laughs> um i want you back new film directed by jason orley jason orley we talked about his uh, last film big time adolescence back in 2020 that was one of the first like pandemic movies like i remember that yeah. was one of the first things we had to review during lockdown yeah because we were like what can we talk about no movies are yeah. coming out i guess we'll talk about this hulu original that just decided yeah to be yeah on hulu. they just hit yeah. hulu and yeah it wasn't it wasn't all that uh impressive but it was kind of i yeah, remember it was all right that was Sweeney decent. was in that right and yeah I don't the kid's name but yeah, yeah davidson it was, it was the king of Staten island before the king of Staten island came out like, yeah it was like a ago. prologue to king of Staten island <laughs> essentially uh but no this is jason orley's next film and I would say much better film, but uh, this is also written by Isaac Aptiker and Elizabeth Berger. They're the ones who do like This Is Us. And there, there's something else that they just, oh man, there's a there's a TV show or movie. I, I'm going to look it up because I was, I was just thinking about this too. And I do not want to lose it. Um, Love, Simon. That's the other thing they did. Um, like the other movie that they did as screenwriters. Oh, that actually, that makes a lot of sense. Kind of given the vibe of this film. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit like, uh, like it's a comedy, but it's certainly got like emotional beats and it's a rom-com. What are you going to do? Uh, so I want you back stars Charlie Day and Jenny Slate. And when the movie opens, it kind of it kind of reminded me of like how Friends with Benefits opens where they, they both are broken up with. Right. Yeah, I was actually thinking of Friends with Benefit. Exactly. So you, you are yeah. on the point there. Yeah, well, let's do it. It's the same style. of it. It's just like you're cutting back and forth between the breakups and all that. And they work in the same building, these two characters, and they like become friends because like both of them are having trouble getting over the breakup. So like they catch each other just like being super sad about it and crying. And it starts off where they're just sort of like trying to help each other, you know, vent, you know, it's like, wow, nobody else understands. Like other people are like, you need to move on. And like, they're trying to like, don't check your phone or don't check their Instagram, but they sort of like enable each other. And that's where their friendship kind of starts. They watch old movies together, but then yeah. Jenny Slate's character, she hatches up a little bit of a plan. She's like, well, clearly we belong with our exes. We need to win them back. Hence the name of the movie. What mm. if we helped each other sabotage the new relationships that our exes has started up? Make them sure. realize that they shouldn't have broken up with us. So he becomes friends with her ex-boyfriend played by scott eastwood kind of like mm -hmm. enters his life and tries to like steer him away from his new girlfriend uh she's played by clark bacco and jenny slate's character infiltrates his life and uh, does like a enters like a school play where manny jacinto from the good place is the new boyfriend of charlie day's uh ex-girlfriend played by gina rodriguez so they're just kind of like sticking their tendrils into each other's personal lives hijinks all kinds of stuff like that ensue, comedic, situational comedic moments. And along the way, you know, it's it's really these two characters just trying to like reckon with why their relationships failed, you know, what their real dreams are, how they can try to like move on, everything like that. This is definitely another one of those movies where it's not super like, it, okay, there aren't a lot of surprises here. The surprises here tend to be like the, the humor and the jokes and things like that. But you kind of understand like what kind of movie this is like let's be real but um what, what did you think do you do you think that there was enough here that like had you being like i want 
I want this movie back for another round of watching it. Yeah, I mean, talking about this film and Marry Me back to back is, um, no pun intended with the back thing, uh, kind of fitting because they're both movies that are playing into the sort of like cliche structure of your typical rom-com, but at the same time, they're both trying to slightly subvert it. In this case, we have two characters who would, I guess, in a traditional rom-com be the sort of best friend characters, Charlie Day and Jenny Slate. And now they're like they're two leads, but they're not romantically inclined, at least not initially. They're trying to use their best friendship to uh, get back their own respective lovers and, you know, kind of do a parent trap or a cruel intention sort of mix up sort of thing. And uh, I think neither of them are amazing. But if given the choice between one and the other, I think I found this film to be slightly more endearing than marry me just because not only was there actual conflict and stakes in place but i found this one this film to be ultimately funnier and more charming in the long run yeah that that's really where this movie gets me is i felt something like i actually i don't know i had a little bit more of like a moment with this movie um and not not just in terms of like the emotion and the sort of like you know relationship conversation in this movie but also yeah like you said it's hilarious it is very funny like it's not consistently funny i think it has its moments where it whiffs a little bit but right. there were and there were certainly some like extended bits where i was like ah eh, you could you could you could have tightened this up a little bit i there's like a, something involving like a very awkward sexual proposition toward the end of the movie where i'm like this should be funnier it's only sort of like kind of humorous and you know you you really right. could have played this up but, but at the same time there's like, really good dialogue this, yeah i was gonna say even though this film is like i think four or five minutes longer than marry me i felt the pacing of this one was a little bit stronger, even though it does have baggy segments, like you said. It moves. Yeah, yeah. It, it never feels like it's, do, it's doing the same thing it did in the scene before. There's like an right. actual progression to like their plans and everything. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. It's not repetitive. And it also helps that we're kind of going back between two different characters who are connected, yeah. but they're sort of doing their own things at the same time. But also, I just feel like and maybe I, I don't know if I felt that Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson had bad chemistry, but I felt like the chemistry between. Jenny Slate and Charlie Day felt a little bit more organic to what this film was going for. And it's more interesting, I think, sure. because like it is playing that balance between platonic and what if it could be more. And I don't know. I think it kind of earns where it goes. Like it, it's not sort of a, I don't know. Sometimes when you watch movies and like you have like friends to lovers kind of things. Um, and I'm not trying to give anything away because I don't think that's necessarily how this movie turns out. But Typically, when you go from like platonic to no, I actually like this person, it tends to be through very like cheap storytelling shortcuts, little things of like sharing an inside joke together or just sort of like looking at each other for a long time. Sure. Nothing like I think in this movie, it's a little bit more like genuine, a little bit more like, yeah, that is actually how like people tend to like catch feelings. It's it's yeah. through something like. Uh, I'm getting something from this person that I've never gotten from somebody else, something that I don't want to lose. And that is more important to me than a simple by the numbers friendship. And there is like a sort of like, hey, like what they're doing right now could sort of like even if they win, if they do what they need to do here, it could ruin the, the actual friendship. And like that realization is something that I don't know that actually landed with me. I thought that that made sense. And like it was a, a smart screenwriting move. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to undersell it. I think this is I think this is a, a sizable, you know, quality jump from Marry Me in terms of like, I actually think this thing is like a little bit of a gem. Yeah, I mean, I think you're a little bit stronger than I am on this movie altogether. But I think I agree with your sentiments and that 
this movie, you know, I ultimately, even though it doesn't really seem like it with this episode, I do genuinely really enjoy rom-coms. And I kind of like that we have two movies like this that are kind of harkening back to those star-driven rom-com vehicles that we got more often in the 90s and 2000s and obviously the 80s and stuff before that. Um, but yeah, with this film, you know, it, it does feel a little bit more... I don't know. I, I guess it, the, the charm of it felt less forced for me where in Marry Me, it was just kind of like, and then we get to this beat and then we get to this beat. And like you said, it's not really trying to be uh, stakes driven or have a lot of conflict. So I guess for a lot of folks, that makes it more endearing because it's just like, even though we know where the beats are going, I, I just enjoy spending time with these two leads. I guess I felt that more with this film because like, you know, it does play the beats I expected. Like you can predict where it's going to go from a few miles ahead, but Jenny Slate and uh, Charlie Day, they they do have that sort of affable friendship slash chemistry together where it does, even if it's just them being friends, there's a charm there. And, and if they're getting a little bit more serious, there's some emotional stakes at play. And I think they kind of balance those out a little bit more accessibly than the previous film. Yeah. And I think that, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit conflicted in terms of Charlie Day because he's a very funny guy, obviously. And I think in this movie, he certainly like he, he executes his jokes pretty well. I think he he mm-hmm. portrays that sort of like kind of flustered guy. He's getting a little bit older. He's kind of settled in his ways. And, you know, he need, he kind of needs other people to sort of push him to be more adventurous. And then that all that all pretty much works. Uh, but it, it is kind of interesting because like all of these actors are around the same age, except for him. <laughs> it, it is a little yeah. bit noticeable that he he's in his mid 40s. Everybody okay, else is in like their mid 30s. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I think Jenny Slate, she's like thir- she's like almost 40. So it's like not quite, right. you know, but, you know, Scott Eastwood, you know, Rodriguez, Manny Jacinta, like they're all like 35, 36. Mm. Like they're in that zone. I think Clark Bacco is the youngest. She's in her like late 20s. But, you know, it's not an issue. But yeah, sure. I, not that any of the ages here are an issue. Not that Mary Me had an issue with age. All mm-hmm. ages. Um, well, you know, fun for the whole family. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess they kind of owned up to a little bit more in Marry Me, whereas this film, like I know they say that Jenny Slate's character is 32. I don't know if they actually ever said how old uh, Charlie Day's character is supposed to be in this, but I I think uh, they're they're kind of like removing years away because I I think they're trying to imply that he's around the same age as them. And I just I don't buy that. It's kind of weird seeing him hang out with Scott Eastwood (laughs) because Scott Eastwood looks like he's 35 and Charlie Day doesn't. But that's fine. You can be friends with people who are older and younger, whatever. Sure. But I think that one, it didn't bother me as much because there there is sort of an odd couple relationship to their thing in general. Like, obviously, like, you know, Scott Eastwood is this muscular, traditionally handsome guy and Charlie Day. It's not like schlubby, but he has more of like an everyman look to him that's, you know, supposed to be a bit of a contrast. Also, he's like a shorter guy, too, and all that. But um yeah i don't know i mean i i don't really know where i stand on scott eastwood at this point because like if i hear the name scott eastwood there's a part of me it just kind of groans just like oh geez you know the definition of nepotism this dude is because he's a, a void of charisma generally but it seems like he's sort of getting into this vibe with uh you know with wrath of man and with this movie where he's like he's not great like i don't think he does anything that other actors couldn't bring to those respective roles but I'd be lying if I said that I don't think he's like completely a wet blanket in either role either in a way that I yeah, felt he's like serviceable. With, uh, yeah, like he like when I saw him done. in like something like uh whatever, like Furious Seven or whatever, I'm just like, you know, this guy he doesn't have it. He just doesn't got it. and you know, and it was just like I why is Hollywood keep pushing this dude? And, and I still feel it's mostly he's handsome because he's right. Clint Eastwood's side. That's right. all it really is. 
Yeah, but I know. I mean, but like, it seems like he's better at either playing a sort of standout villainous sort of character like he did in Wrath of Man or playing a sort of affable guy like in this. Like, it seems like they're trying sometimes to make yeah, him like bro a, in this. a rugged romantic lead, like something like I know, like he had his own sort of like Bridges of Madison County film with uh, whatever um Mongus yeah, he's or done, whatever, he's like done a few stuff yeah with uh Britt Robertson like he's he's right. done the whole romantic rom you know steamy romance yeah. thing well I just mean that like there was a time where Hollywood was just like surely he'll be the next Clint East whatever because he has the genes and now they're like yeah I guess not but like he seems like he can hold his own and supporting roles okay so they're kind of pushing that side of him and it, I don't think it's going to be a super successful transition but it seems like this is more agreeable than what they were trying to do before and it's not I like bet he's it's, gonna, I bet like, it's frustrating being Scott Eastwood in a movie like this because you have Mason Gooding in a very small part who just mm-hmm. kind of like shows up and he's like, man, I'm like 10 years younger than you and I'm so much better at acting. Son, is that Cuba Gun Jr.'s son? Mason Gooding. Yeah. Okay, and uh, we just saw him in uh, Scream and uh, he, he was in oh, an okay. episode of How I Met Your Father. He's doing stuff. He's showing okay, up. I- I mean, I haven't watched How I Met Your Father, but um, I didn't realize that was who that was. So that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I think the first time I saw him was probably Booksmart. I think that was the first the first movie. But uh, yeah, there might have been something before that. But anyway, yeah, I think he's great. But uh, he's he's not like much of a presence here. Dylan Guerrero is in here, too. I know you like casual. But uh, OK, I mean, I liked casual. I watched. I do like casual. I almost finish all of it. casual. I never finished yeah. it either. Are we going to do a group watch? Watch Maybe. I don't know. There's just there's too much TV, man. I, I just kind of make peace with like, like I heard that like, uh, was it Marvelous Mrs. Maisel's coming back for a fifth season and final four. season? I was like, season five, I think. I think they were ahead. Whatever four. it is. I don't know. I, I lost track. But it's just like, it was just like, I remember really liking season one, but I just felt behind. But it's like, I'm sure I'd like the other four seasons if I watched them. I think it peaked like, at season I, two. Did it, I didn't keep up, like I said. So anyway, this is not a Marvelous Mrs. Maisel podcast uh this is but, about, oh, hey also we got to mention pete davidson does show up in this <laughs> yeah like, i didn't know he does have a kind of funny role i didn't know if that was a spoiler and no, i was kind of full of my tongue i don't know oh, i honestly didn't know. i didn't know he was going to be in i didn't know he was going to be in this so i didn't want to uh spoil that for anybody but yeah he does return to uh work with his big time I mean, adolescence director it doesn't affect the movie so i like plot wise but i see i see your point sure but yeah yeah i i think this is perfectly this this is a perfectly good old movie a uh, very good rom-com, I think. One of the better ones. I think it's funny. I think it has a decent story. I do think there is something involving the ending and uh, certain things regarding plane safety that I do not abide with, but um, that's fine. It's all in good fun. And I think that, uh, you yeah, know, I, I actually do think that this movie has a pretty like decent point of view on you know compatibility and you know what draws people together and you know things like things related to like when you're with somebody a certain amount of time and like, what's the difference between, you know, sort of believing in somebody and sort of just like telling them what they want to hear. And I don't know, there was some good stuff in here, you know, like it, a little sure. bit, like I know it's, it's, it's a Jolly Rancher and everything, but it's a Jolly Rancher with like cream filling. I don't know. That doesn't yeah, make any I mean, sense. I guess I get what you mean there, but I mean, as far as like two movies available on streaming right now, rom-coms that you that were made available for valentine's day if i had the choice if i had a significant other and they were like we should watch a movie a new movie for valentine's day i would probably feel more comfortable watching this movie and i feel like i'd get more out of it now i can't speak for this non-existent person that i'm referring to but i don't know i imagine they would like it as well more than marry me but who knows 
Yeah, you have, you have options. That's all we're trying sure. to say. And you know what, Will? I feel like this, this conversation we've had about these romantic comedies, I think I'm getting over my heartbreak, my heart sickness. Mm. I think I just needed to appreciate these movies and what they gave me when I saw them and not just get so hung up on it. So thank you for the relationship advice. Sure, I, I feel guess. much better. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're both like, you know, like I said, streaming exclusives. So it's like they're fairly low risk as far as like, I mean, not streaming. well, Marry Me is not streaming. Marry Me. But. I know. But I mean, like you could yeah, watch yeah. both these at low risk on streaming. You could. I was going to say you can watch um, Marry Me in theaters if you so wish. And but you know. these are these are couch movies. Let's let's sure. just say it. Yeah. And in movies that all the better for yeah. you. I mean, there is something to admire about a mid-budget movie like Marry Me still existing, and that's why I feel like I'm not too harsh on it, even though I don't love the film at all. But I, you know, I feel like if you want to support movies like that, see Marry Me in theaters, it's, you know, not the worst thing in the world. But it seems like you said, like the type of movie that's designed to be watched on streaming or in a former time on DVD. It's just the type it's of like thing incidentally, you watch. though, because yeah. I don't think they wanted this to be a theatrical. You know? right. But yeah, I mean, it worked out that it kind of does feel designed out to be sort of, yeah, at home. But OK, that is I want you back. Let's play the oh. Rotten Tomatoes game. Uh, the only thing, the one last thing I wanted to say uh, about I want you back is that it makes a very good case for why Jenny Slate was born to play Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. And, it's, you know, <laughs> if anything comes to this movie, I hope it's that she gets cast in that movie that was supposed to be. What, were they trying to make Little Shop of Horrors again with um, Scarlett Johansson and uh, Taryn Edgerton? Was that happening at one point? Is that still happening? At some point. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't looked into it in a while. Well, if Scarlett Johansson, if she fall, if she jumps out of the project to do something else because they keep delaying it. You know, this is a great audition tape for Jenny Slate. That's probably the highlight of the movie for me was that scene. I don't know about you. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I like I like Jenny Slate quite a bit. I just don't think a lot of I haven't liked a lot of the movies she's been in, honestly, like barely. Like I like I don't think there's any movie I've seen her in besides her voice roles where I've loved the whole movie, but I've had an issue with her or like a movie I disliked that I disliked her, if that makes sense. But I don't know. There's Landline, I guess, which was she she had a star yeah, in, was right. in and yeah. Obvious Child was pretty good. I barely remember it. I didn't see Obvious Child. She has like little roles in some movies that are good, like on the rocks. But yeah, no, I, 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 this is one of the first times I've seen her in a leading performance where I'm just like, yeah, I like Jenny Slate. Uh, Let's go. Sure. Yeah. I mean, she hasn't really gotten a lot of lead roles, which I guess is kind of the point here, you know, and, and she has, um, Marcel, the show with the shoes on, which is apparently really good. Um, a 24 movie. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's like, isn't that kind of the point of this film, though? Like, Charlie Day isn't traditionally playing a lead role. Jenny Slate isn't usually playing a lead role. They put them together. Sparks come out and you get a fine Amazon Prime exclusive. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. Well, Ashton, 100 reviews have been counted. I don't think you saw this one ahead of time because Amazon, I don't think, showed you. But uh, yeah, what do you what do you think? 100 reviews. I'm one of them. You know, I like the movie, so I give you a little bit of a hint. What do you think the Rotten Tomato score is for? I want you back. Um, yeah, I got a screener for this, actually. But uh, yeah, I would say it seems like type of film where a bunch of people don't love it, but a lot of people give it like a three out of five, which puts it more favorable than not. So I'm going to say 82 percent, 87 percent. Okay. So a little bit stronger than you thought. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it since you said that I'm seeing, you know, three out of four, three out of five, lots okay, of three yeah. out of five. So you're, you're on to something there. Um, eight out of tens, 
4.75 out of 5. There we go. Uh, but okay, what about audience score? We have 100 plus ratings so far. Nothing verified. But yeah, what do you think the audience score is? Uh, 74%. Close, 76%. Okay. You were you were in the ballpark for both. But uh, oh, how about that? How about that letterbox rating? I was going to say no, no cinema no, score. Yeah, I was going to say no cinema score because it's only on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Um, was this like sold to Amazon or was this an Amazon exclusive from the get-go? I think this was, let me double check, but I think this was Amazon from the start. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Amazon Studios, they, yeah, Jenny Slate and Charlie Day were brought in last February and yeah, always, always was meant to be that. Oh, and they were shot in Atlanta. Yeah. I think it takes place uh, in Atlanta too. Yes, uh, I believe so. Um, I like that. Uh, I'm going to say 3.0. Your guess is 3.0. It's 3.3. Okay. So I think will I I think I think it's because you're you're this movie's a little a little a little hotter than I think you're than you had an experience with it. I think you're just kind of like yeah it's okay, but other people are like a little bit more than okay. I mean, not I amazing, think, but it's, it's a little bit more than okay. I was more favorable than on this movie, but I just didn't know if audiences would agree. It seems like in my feed that more people are see. responding to "Marry Me" than "I Want You Back." But I think you know, I think just, "Marry Me" has yeah. is having more of a cultural impact. I think because of J Lo. I think that's what it comes down to. But this is just like a little indie movie gem, you know, like it has indie movie trappings, at least not indie. But yeah, you know, I feel like people are watching it and having very low expectations and or not even low expectations, so like middling. Right. And they're still like, oh, yeah, I'll watch this. I like these actors. And they're like, you know what? That actually came together a lot better than I thought it would. So that's yeah, that was my experience with this. And I think I, I came in with more expectations for Marry Me because people were responding more favorably to it. And I was just like, oh, okay, I think that was I think a lot of fine. that is just people kind of like being like, it's charming, it's fun, and it's like it it did my taxes, it's and it's <laughs> like okay, it's it's oh, uh, wow. have you fun. Do, if you gotta do some taxes, I'm here for you. You know, I'm oh, just gonna drop. I'm just gonna talk to J Lo about how we're married or something. You know, it's okay. I think that's our cue to leave. Uh, thank I, you for listening to the show. Hey, you know, we'll it's, I don't take a I don't take offense to you doing text during the movie. That's okay. Please That's actually okay. don't watch Loki because I don't want you to do this Owen Wilson impression oh, ever boy. again. Hey, you know, if, if this is what's gonna take, if it's what's gonna take you not, if if I can avoid watching Marvel shows because you, if I do this Owen Wilson impression, then that just means I'm just gonna keep doing it. Next week on Uncharted, we're just gonna be, to- I'm just gonna be doing this voice the whole time. <laughs>